Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today's topic is funding IT when digital is the default. What do I mean by that? Well, we are trying to use digitalization for optimizing the operating costs. And also at the same time, we want a very explicit positive ROI from such investments that we're making in technology. So the question is whether we are supposed to invest in IT versus scale back. And if we are going to invest in IT, is that going to cut into our cost optimization measure? And if you are going to scale back, how are we going to get the digitalization dream and the digital dream realized? Catch 22, right? But then that's where we are here to discuss what should be the IT uh, finance model or rather funding the way you fund IT, how do you model that? when you're especially going ahead with digital as the default, where will the things will change, things will morph, and you always have to support and IT is always going to be in the spotlight. So discussing that uh, with today, a great guest we have is Robert Port, Chief Information Officer with Northwest University. Hey, Robert, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. So now, as I already said, the stage... When we talk about digital, a lot of people think, uh, you know, I will put in digital and there you go, 300% growth. And we totally understand that catalyst, digital is a catalyst to digital growth. And at the same time, it does have potential to shave costs. But where does the management stand? Are they, they, they are dreaming or they are, realistically expecting what digital can deliver? I I guess it really depends on how sort of tech forward this management is regarding whether technology has the sort of the the voice to inform ideas at the top table or simply just enable decisions. And that's a big differentiator. So let me just explain that a little bit more. Um, Like too often um, I've seen, you know, digital, and and I may intersperse the word digital and cloud, because in my world, I think all all digital leads to the cloud and all roads lead from the cloud. But, um, you know, a a lot of people, if if the voice at the top table isn't big enough, cloud is seen or digital is seen as just a way to increase the pace of what they're doing today. Um, You know, not not necessarily to innovate. Um, And so leaders need to change that conversation to see digital or cloud as this more of a strategic business opportunity opportunity rather than just this improve, innovate, or do things differently. So to your question about how do management expectations um, get realized, I would say that the management has a much clearer expectation of cost and efficiency expectations from digital than they do of growth. Um, I mean, you ask any CIO, um, what cloud digital optimization target have they been given by the top table? And then most will give you some arbitrary percent that's probably based on a, a, an overly optimistic CSP business case. However, if you turn around and ask the business leaders what percentage uplift they're carrying on their digital initiatives, 
Um, you, you may get this sort of like, you know, silence may be deafening is the, is the term. So put another way, there are plenty of expectations around realizing the cost side of this, um, but not so many on the value realization. And as we know, value doesn't happen um, by accident. It's quite tough to, to, to realize. So I would say to answer your question specifically, how realistic are expectations? Well, the cost shaving side of the equation can be very realistic if the organization is willing to go all in. And by that, I mean they're super clear on what's important and what's not. That's one of the key things at the university we had to focus on, what is not important in our strategic vision. Um, They need to be product vision led. Um, They need to have clear outcomes and they need this DevOps engine to be able to go at full throttle. You do that and you will get the cost saving realizations that I think the cloud promises. However, those aren't really going to set anybody uh, alight because they're they're never going to be to the degree of the promise that business has of cloud. And that's where the value side of the equation comes in. And for that, it's a really tough way. It's really tough to get business leaders to look at the value of cloud as a business disruptor because you bump into siloed history, politics, leadership egos. Um, But that's where I think the value really is. So easy on cost, tough on value. Now, when we talk about the issues that we have spoken about right here, like you said, uh, the business management doesn't uh, have clarity, at least, that how much growth we'll get, or even IT cannot tell how much growth. And then for the cost, we talk about it. Isn't it stemming from the earlier uh, problem or rather uh, complexity that exists that we are not able to, in- to connect any investment in IT to a shareholder value? Because now when we are putting digital, now the focus is, hey, I'm going to invest. And the only way I will survive is not just putting in cool technology, but I have to innovate. I have to get better in front of customer and get some value out of it. But it is still a vanity metric, right? It is still not a quantifiable metric. So do you think we have made any progress in that area? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And I, I, would, I, would, I would maybe take question with that, with that you know, it, the, 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 the value realization of digital or cloud has to be recognized in a business outcome. Um, if, if it's not, then it does become this floaty, softy, squishy number. And it's a great excuse for, for business not to do things differently. Um, you know, so, so the, way, the way I see it is really digital, as a, digital has to be seen as this strategic business opportunity and not, not just a technology platform. If it's seen as a technology platform, the only hard metric you're going to get out of it is cost-saving kind of things. And we know that's a one-way ticket. And you can get the cost savings. But really, what you're doing is you're looking at optimizing your IT budget. And I don't know the size of other people's IT budgets, but a few percentage points off my IT budget isn't going to set the university on fire. If you can look at digital stroke cloud as a percentage of business value, then you get suddenly access to 100% of the, of the revenue or, or the growth, whatever, whatever metric your business is, is, is pursuing. And that's where the value um, materializes, but it can't be seen as an adjunct to the business initiative. And this is where I go back to the point about what does the top table, how do they perceive the cloud? Um, some of the companies I've worked with um, they, we very much had to struggle to say, let's look at what you're doing today from a strategic business initiative. Let's look at the hard targets you're realizing. Now carry a value uplift percentage based on digital. 
And they won't. They'll look at you and say, oh, I'm not sure. What does that mean? And that's when you truly know whether the business is looking at cloud or digital as a strategic business opportunity or they're just seeing it as a way to optimize and go faster. So going back to my prior point, you know, the, 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 the way you realize the value percent, the value of the cloud in any business is through the business outcome, and you have to force them to have a value percentage uplift. One of the things I'll get to um, if we get time is, you know, ask yourself the question, is cloud in your organization uh, measured as a percentage of your IT wallet, or is stroke digital measured as a percentage of your IT wallet, or is it measured as a percentage of the value generated? And, and that's a key question um, because you ask yourself, if digital is the growth engine of the future, why would we spend less? Why would we even cowl it with the moniker of cost? Um, you know, if it's the strategic engine, you invest as much as you can in it if you truly believe the return on value is there. And so that, that's the conversation change at the top table that has to happen. Otherwise, I agree with you. Um, you know, it's a very hard number to sort of justify you know, it's interesting when you said that because we always used to say if there is a way for IT to be treated as cost of doing business versus just cost, we would be so much farther ahead. And now it looks like with the digital also that while they have a dream, but they cannot take their eyes off of the dollars that they are going out in digital, especially when they don't know what's going to be the outcome, because many of the digital initiatives, they would take time to really bear fruits. So is there some sort of uh, uh, revelation, if you will, like all the times that has been spent, and I'm sure you work with organizations and you've heard other, and uh, you've seen other leaders like you in different companies working on digital experience building or digital investments. What are they saying? Are they able to show a hard ROI on digital yet? Or just because it is cool so far and it has not shown a hard metric, then it's tough to show that growth percentage that digital investments will bring? The, the, the answer is, is yes. And every, everything I'm saying is, is somewhat connected. So, um, you know, first, first of all, when you, when, you know, time is, is something that, that's changed in terms of scale uh, in, in this world now. So, you know, digital investments you have to pay back in, in 12 months um, because everything's changed, including the individual who was part of the, the reason why it got going in the first place. Um, but but I, the, the what I've seen is it's it's far more successful when the the CIO or the technology voice. I, I'll, I'll talk from my perspective. The CIO, when the CIO has the rank and the mandate to bring technology into the business discussion, so that it informs the idea rather than what traditionally happens is the idea is created in the strategic boardroom and the technology is looked at as to enable that to happen, if you can change that round, which is an uncomfortable thing to do for technologists, because, you know, you've got to basically, we've clawed our way to be considered strategic. Now you've got to get in the room and be the sort of the lead dog in the pack that's saying, you know what, if we were going to do an acquisition, the CFO would probably be leading that effort and everybody else at the top table would contribute. If we're going to be doing transformation and we truly believe that technology is the engine, the CIO or the technologist needs to be the voice that doesn't tell people what to do, but brings that technology voice to the conversation to say, when we're looking you know, X number of years down the road at our selling business, our financial business, there is a technology voice in there that informs that strategy. 
that therefore then comes out with the numbers and the targets which have to be realized much faster we we don't we don't look at anything you know any anything that's gone more than three years just isn't of interest to me um so i i you know we would push that back and you just have to use the traditional agile methodologies that we all know well in it that are very hard for some of the leaders to adopt is yeah let's look at this incrementally let's go let's realize value let's re recalibrate let's move somewhere else um, but it is doable. The point I'm trying to emphasize here is technology and business have to be one. And when you consider that the growth of business is technology, irrespective of the sector you're in. I'm in education now. I was in technology for 26 years prior. It's the same same kind of challenge, just in a different landscape. Um, that That's what has to happen. And so, um, that, that, uh, yeah, that's how I say about that one. Okay. You said technology and business have to be one. How long have you been screaming about this? So who's not listening? Let's talk about that a little bit when we come back. Please stay tuned, listeners. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Robert, you said uh, business and IT ought to be one. Well, I've heard it. I've done this show for the last 18 years plus. And that started from the first conversation I had, but I still hear this. What are we missing? Is business not listening? It doesn't want to listen. Does IT doesn't want to come out of the cocoon of IT? Or they're trying to, but business doesn't allow them to converge. What's missing? You know, I think it, it, it's interesting. I've, I've been doing this a while, and, I, and I've seen the the sort of the evolution of, you know, the business and IT, and and how we've come come together. I think I think now the 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 thing about digital that I truly believe, and and as I said, all roads lead to and from the cloud. It's a new way of working. All the capabilities that sit around it. You can you can look at anything that's disruptive or anything happening in the digital world, and it's sort of you know clouds at the center of that. But what what I think we've done a poor job at is basically creating the burning platform for the business to understand why cloud is so essential. Um, you know, they, the, up until now, technology has been a way for them to improve what they've been doing and do it faster. Um, and that's great. And it's sort of then evolved to us, you know, being able to do it in, in different ways. But technology now has come to a point where there has to be a burning platform. Every CEO or every president of university has to stand there and be very articulate and say, you know, unless we embrace this, and I don't just mean we migrate to different platform, unless we embrace cloud as a new way of working, as a new way of doing business, as a new way of engaging our customers, a new way to create revenue, unless we all embrace that, we are not going to be here because every competitor that is up against us is born in the cloud. 
Um, and so I think the reason the business hasn't yet come to um, you know, embrace IT as much as IT is now embracing the business um, is, is at, the, at the altitude where decisions are made. I think in the sort of engine rooms of both with DevOps and product owners and all of that, I think we're getting a much closer sort of symbiotic relationship. But at the very top where decisions are made, I still think we need to work really hard on the CEOs and the top tables to, of, of organizations to make them see this digital disruption as a burning platform and not a choice. I, I always say to every CEO I've dealt with, you know, digital digital isn't a choice. It, there's just an urgency. Um, and, and you have to get over that, well, maybe we'll do cloud or maybe we'll do this. No, you're going to do it. Otherwise, you won't be here. And I think that's the first thing we need to do better is educate ourselves and have a good digital point of view and have the very top table make that something real for the business. And, and going back to a question earlier that you mentioned, you know, numbers talk, targets talk. If, if the business, you know, if something's strategic at the top table, because number one, they're talking about it a lot. And number two, they're putting targets behind it. I rarely walk in and say to a, to a business leader, you know, what was your target last month? If we cloud enable it, what would it look like? And, and that's the conversation that we, you have to make come alive and put a number behind. But that, that's where I think we'll come together. And then I think as you get into agile execution, the business starts to understand that this is, you know, every decision that happens is, is a very dynamic one. They're suddenly forced to realize value faster than they've ever done before. That's a wake-up call for businesses. You give them MVP every two weeks, they're like, holy cow, I can't even use this. And then they start to understand the pace. And, and so we'll get there. But I think the top table leadership has a critical role to play. And, I, and I'm, I'm very, it makes me sad when I see leaders at the top sort of dismiss cloud as this technical platform that the CIO should go and realize savings for. That, that isn't transformation. That's just a, a change in data center, a one floating and one physical. So let's talk about your own journey and anyone, perhaps, if you want to bring it in, in your mix in terms of what is the kind of investments are being made on the ground. Are, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the business is still not looking at it the way they should, but then they also know that without digital, there is not going to be much of a, what I call a sustained profitability and growth. So they're realizing it, but they are skeptics. So what's reality on the ground? Are we going full throttle with a leap of faith that digital is the the thing which will take them to the other side or they are still holding back what what's what's the current state of actual investment they may be thinking a lot of things but what are they putting the money where their mouth is I, I think I think they they are definitely considering it more as we sort of live through this this digital pandemic that's caused you know and any skeptics of you know could can digital disrupt the way we currently do things is now they've either been living in a cave or, or they've just not been paying attention because it, it, it's changed everything. It's proved that stuff can happen at an accelerated pace. You know, this was a huge experiment done at scale. And so now I think we're not so, we're not, there's not the question of why, there's more the question of how and what do we need to do. And if I use my own example as a university, um, you know, obviously uh, for, for us, investment was very much sort of measured out in there was technology but there were classrooms there was faculty there was all sorts of factors that went into the educational experience of a student um, then comes COVID and then comes remote 
high flex kind of ability to teach remotely. But most of the solutions you see out there that have been used were sort of rammed in at, at, at warp speed to be able to have business continuity. So we've sort of put technology in place um, to make it viable to do what we used to do by not physically being there. But now the question is, okay, as we come out of this, what do we do with that? Do we take the next leap and say, okay, we've sort of understood now that you know any reason for a student to be in the classroom may still be there, but a lot of them have been addressed with you know with collaboration hubs. You know, if they 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 you know the arguments of we used to have to be social in the classroom, well, they they're getting that social itch scratch somewhere else, um, and so we are now a cusp with leaders to say, do you go big? And for that, you need to sell them on the promise of what's happening. So, you know, I can make a student infrastructure teaching, um, you know, teach what they teach today through digital. I can do that with a bit of infrastructure. If I want to change the student learning experience so they have virtual reality, so we use AI to prompt what, what research other students are using. If you want the world to collaborate on one document, if you want the student to have a personal bot those are the kind of technology leaps that are going to demand investment. And that's where the conversation, I won't say the, um, the investment's sort of flown out the trees, but the conversation door has opened dramatically because the, the, you know, there's a saying that you know, generals prepare for the last war from Winston Churchill. And that's so true of the people at the top of many orgs. They're just not used to change at this pace and at this dramatic sort of leap. And so I think as a Prior point I mentioned, it's our job as technology leaders to help them see the potential, explain to them the roadmap to get there. But I think they're much more open to it now because they've seen that, you know, for us, a new revenue stream is being able to do on live training. Our classroom is now no longer a physical, has got physical walls. It's a group of people collaborating around the world. Do we charge them less than being on a university? Yes. Do we attract more people? Absolutely. Do we still offer what we did before? Of course we do. It, it's, it, those are the kind of things that have unlocked for us. Um, but it, I, I won't make it sound like it's all sort of like, you know, motherhood and apple pie. This is hard because the leaders at the top just aren't used to, A, investing in technology as a way to increase business value and, B, looking at technology as the engine that's going to change everything they do. I mean, it's very hard to convince a faculty PhD doctor that they need to teach students differently. That, that, and, and you can parallel that in your own vertical. Um, but those are the challenges more than, you know, the infrastructure isn't the challenge. The technology isn't the challenge. It's now the will and the leaders um, prioritizing it properly. If you were to think about, um, say, sending them a budget for approval, yes. do they care about the gross number or do they care about which line items that you're putting in? And if there was a way for you to get their trust to say, look at the gross number, let me deal with the line item, and then you still meet your agenda that if the right amount and the right type of investment is made, it will lead to the best results. What's happening on the ground? Are you allowed that freedom that, hey, there is a taser pile of money and work with, and would you like that freedom? And would you be able to no, do no. something with that freedom? 
To be honest, to be honest, I wouldn't. And, and, and it goes back to I remember when I first joined the university and, and I went, I, I was being introduced to our CFO at the university and, and, and the lady sort of explained, was, was very helpful to me. And at the end of the story, you know, just as I'm about to leave the room, she sort of looks at me and points her finger at me and goes, but don't exceed your IT budget. That was sort of her last word. <laughs> I, I stopped. I stopped in my tracks and sort of, you know, I, I was 26 years at Microsoft. And so I've, 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 I, you know, I've, I've done some stuff. And so I turned back to her and I looked at her and I said, just show me the operating income we have as a university. And so she showed me the big number. And I looked at her and as I walked out the room, I sort of put my finger and said, I'm looking to spend that. I said, if I need to spend every dollar of that to make this university 20 times more profitable, why wouldn't we? And, and it was a very overplayed statement, but that, that's the way I look at it is I, I, would, I wouldn't want to be given a pot of money and say, go optimize this or go and get the most value for this. No, if, you know, if, if, I, if technology isn't going like to take you where you want to go, then, then you should be very prudent with investment. But I'm struggling to think of any, any business that isn't going to have to depend on the potential of technology. Um, and so therefore, from my perspective, I would go to the business and say, Let, let's, let's, let's do some more vision, sort of like, let's get North Stars that are actually innovative as opposed to just natural evolution. What you're proposing is improvement. Let's stop. Let's look at what's What's over the horizon? Let's look at innovating. Let's, let's really put the, the, the North Star up there as a directional target. And then let's walk back and look at all the things we need to do in what order, ruthlessly prioritize that, and let's just do the most important things first. And when we run out of money, it's going to be on the thing that's the least important. And then we can have a conversation about, do we, do we just pace things slower or do we put more money in or do we swap prioritization around? But I, I think it's got to be... IT spend hasn't got to be seen as something that is an operational cost, which is where it's sat for so long. It's, it's as important as going and hiring the best brains in the business. Um, and so I try and position it like that. And I'm, I, I just say I have access to every bit of income we've got. And, and if you tell me not, then you're obviously not looking at the, this in the right way. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And when we come back, Robert, what you just said about innovation and what's coming our way, we have to start preparing for it. I feel business wants to do that, but they also get cold feet because, number one, they feel it's uncertain. There's already enough uncertainty they're dealing in business climate. And then you're suggesting something which could be promising the moon, but they don't know if it's going to deliver. And then the survival instinct kicks in for anyone who thinks, is this idea, if I agree to Robert, will that get me promoted, get me pay raise, or it's going to get me fired? What should that IT funding model be? And how should it be presented to the management so that their survival instinct doesn't kick in at least where they feel it's going to get them fired. And it reduces the amount of uncertainty that they might perceive otherwise in such a budget. So they are more likely to pay close attention to it and approve it. Let's talk more when we come back. Please stay tuned. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. 
each week on CTN, CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Robert, you have a funding model, a budget, or a proposition where IT can create value. On the other hand, the business says, not sure if I have enough certainty in the way what is being presented, and then they don't want to get fired for it. You got to do something so that they make an emotional decision, but feeling warm and fuzzy about it. What would you do? Well, let, let me, I mean, let me refer back to, to, you know, probably something that people will relate to more. Uh, my time at Microsoft, when I, when I was there, let me talk about how we how we did that at a bigger level, and I'll skip some of the some of the details, but you'll get the point. Is okay. So, so yeah, there's X number of dollars available um, to spend on anything in any business, um, and and you know, at the end of the day, it comes when it gets to a certain altitude, it's a zero sum game, and it gets allocated out. And we we you know, towards when we were driving transformation at Microsoft, we sort of ignored that, which sounds irony. Um, but we, what we did was we, we very much said, okay, the CIO or the technology leader, CDO, has to have a top table seat to be able to influence the business decision makers who run the big divisions of the organization. So our, our, we elevated our technology voice to have the rank and mandate to drive transformation. That was our goal, drive transformation of Microsoft. Um, and so that was, that was the remit we had. And the way we did it was we looked at all the core things that make that were that we needed to digitally transform to make Microsoft be Microsoft, and so in the university, do exactly the same thing. What are the core processes that basically you that make your business run? And you'll all be able to do that. But to be honest, sometimes even cataloging those is a challenge. And then you look at those processes and you say, okay, we need a north star for each one of those because our vision of transformation isn't going to be one thing. It's going to be a collection of a sort of a collective product vision. So we forced our business leaders to create these North Stars. Now, IT technology was the facilitator of that because, as I said in the earlier questions, IT needs to have a louder voice. We forced the business with IT at the table and technology loud and center to create the vision of what a transformed commerce process was or whatever process we're talking about. Once we had that, and we didn't talk dollars at all at this time, because that makes you make false decisions. We're talking strategically about where your business is going. We then looked at the scenarios that were going to be lit up to make that real, and we prioritized them. A business conversation with IT facilitating and making technology in the room. At the end of the day, you take all of those and you start to put them in a strategic backlog of what you want to do, and that's when you overlay the funding. We made funding a centralized thing. Now, people will squirm when I say that, 
but funding from IT used to be allocated out all over the shop. You can't make objective priority decisions on what is important if budget holders have that kind of control. So we we have we virtually centralized that and we just went down the list then. I'm making this simplistic. There's a lot of lifting and politics and ego bruising to go through to get here. We went down the list and we said we can afford, afford, afford. And then we drew the line and said, these are the strategic things we can't do. Those are the ones you need to be talking about because then we go back to say Satya or to the board and say, you know what? Every one of these has a great return on value. Every one of these has got great, you know, do we want to spend more and get that value? Or do you want us to stay within the sort of envelope of money you want to spend on technology and just do these important ones? And that, that's, that's the kind of strategic conversation we were trying to have as opposed to trying to validate and, and get budget from everybody and try and say, this one's going to do this. It was more about strategic value in context of a North Star. And that's where I, 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 I deal with lots of companies. I don't, and sometimes they don't have that clarity. They really are trying to replicate what they've done on-prem into a digital environment. And then the business looks at them and goes, why? You know, what, what, why? This works now. Why are you doing that to me? And you have to be able to put things in context of where you want to go, be vision-led, be tech-forward in conversation, and be priority-driven. Those are the three mantras we used. And that, that way, this, this budget thing doesn't become such a big, a big deal. If you normally you would not want to stereotype any style of how people spend, but would you would you evangelize the idea of becoming an investor like an aggressive venture capitalist when it comes to digital to harness the most value? And if yes, is there any place within this realm of digital would you act? as a conservative bean counter so don't you don't end up losing your shirt? That's a great question. And again, I, I say it depends. And I think you need to be able to accommodate both sides of that polarity. And there's a number of points I'll make on that. It, first of all, it, it, it really does depend on how tech intense or aware the top table is and how much influence you have in making you know, big investment decisions that have technology at the center. Uh, it, you know, if, if that's true, the louder the voice, the more aggressive the technology investment is because it's not seen as something in addition. It's seen as the enabler. Um, you know, second point would be it depends where you report to, actually, in a very practical sense. If the CIO reports to the CFO, the prime focus is cost. If they report to the COO, it's sort of short-term revenue gain. And if they report to the CEO, then there's a sort of much better chance that the, the, the technology investment can be seen as a more strategic um, part of the plan to get to wherever it is you want to get. Um, the approach that worked well for me in experience is that I've, I've always, I always positioned our digital investment as a percentage of the forecasted value created, not as IT spend. It was much harder conversation because nobody in the business really wanted to commit themselves. What is very interesting is the CIO often gets given a target of reduced spend by this much, which is purely based on McKinsey or Gartner or some, somebody who's given a sort of average spend number. And the board says, yeah, we can save 20% if we go to cloud. And the CIO, CIO scrambles. As I said earlier, you know, getting the business to say the value we're going to create by doing this digital initiative is X more than it would have been if we did it in an analog way is super hard. But that's what I used to do. So at the end of the day, 
we positioned the spend as a percentage of forecasted value. Um, and again, why would you not double down and spend on the thing that's going to propel your business forward? Um, so anyway, that that so that that's but you know there is there is a point it's it, it there is a point where you have to um, take a bit of a conservative approach, and I, and I think um, the. The, the oversight of spend is probably where the most conservative lens happens because there needs to be an oversight of digital spend as it's so easy to spin things up. It's so quick. You know, you can start running into consumption challenges. If you take a, 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 a non-clowned approach to running in a, in a digital world, your, your bills will soon be fairly large. And so, you know, you have to have that. Um, you need this robust demand engine, you know, CCOE, budget in the hands of the owners, um, all of those things, that's the conservative lens. But in my opinion, you know, you, you're as aggressive as your digital ambition. Um, and that's hopefully super aggressive. It's not time to hedge at the moment. So with that said, in your context, in your organization's context, it's propensity to take risk. It's, it's, it's aggressiveness to grow. All of that should have eventually resulted in some sort of a model. Where are you holding or scaling back and where are you going full throttle? And what's your rationale behind this, behind all of that, which your management readily bought? So, so it's, it's, so, you know, holding back, going full throttle, it's, it's a relatively simple answer. You know, if, if, in my context, if we're vision-led, tech-forward and priority-driven, then we're full-throttle on things that get us closer there. So we're full-throttle on creating a very automated, secure and agile cloud platform, full-throttle on upskilling and in, in sourcing our digital capability, which is an interesting concept. We're full-throttle on building you know, the secure infrastructure, an enterprise-wide collaboration platform. All those things that you know are taking you to where your vision is, you go full-throttle on. Um, and you know, why wouldn't you? The area um, where we take this sort of purple, purposeful pause is more when we're bringing the past IT or the past, the past technology landscape into the future. You know, be that the sort of migration of workloads, apps, or other assets that on face value, you know, oh gosh, yeah, let's move them to the cloud or move them, make them digital. And yet on closer inspection, um, before we invest, we, we make sure they sort of fit a number of principles that, that, that we want so that we have a purposeful digital environment as opposed to sort of this organic thing that we're trying to move into there. An example of those things could be, you know, like we're, we're going to have a common UI fabric, um, you know, so that could, be a, that could be a reason to do something slightly differently. We're having a single source of truth. So many organizations have data in silos all over the place. Well, you know what? We're not going to replicate that. So the, the hardest thing for a business, I've, I've found in my experience, is getting business leaders to decide on what is the single source of truth. Um, everybody has their own. And so that's a huge business process, business conversation. But we will pause before we move that kind of thing into the cloud. Um, so there are things like that, you know, a modular service-based architecture approach, which means we have to get people to really think about the service as opposed to just the architect of the app. Um, and so we, we, wanna, we don't want to replicate that mess. Um, so, you know, where we'd like to go full throttle to be in a university that we haven't done yet is, um, is more in the AI and the personalization, which is what cloud enables or digital enables, but we haven't really got there. I mean, we, we talk about education 4.0 for learning and teaching. You know, if I could bring virtual reality to the classroom, if I could 
um, you know, allow a student to have a personalized bot to help them. If I could um, share information better, tell them what resources to use, be able to let them. I mean, you think about it, a student in the university world only gets to work out how good they are when they apply for a job at the end of a four year degree. Because then they realize versus other applicants where they're not. If we could give them that kind of information as they go through university, that would be great because they could they could you know buckle down or do or make choices. So that's the area that that um, you know is the hardest sell to be honest with you because it does look like Star Trek to people. It does look like you know wow the future, but it's sort of there. But to get it, you know, I need to get the university to do some of the things I said, you know, single source of truth, get data into a data lake. So there's some plumbing that needs to happen. But, um, you know, I, I think full throttle on anything that's strategic and anything that realizes your vision. And I guarantee you, half of you who may be listening will say, I don't know what that is. That's, that, that's, that's the challenge. And then, um, you know, full th- uh, scale back a bit on the the easy stuff that just sounds like a good thing, but in the end of the day may not be the best thing. So if you were to look at, say, specifics in a budget, some sort of benchmarks, the parameters, the, the variables that you would put in the numbers which CIO and CFO look at, agree to put in there and, and come to terms so that it is what we call as an educated risk that they are both able to take because any kind of investment is always some form of risk, but it's an acceptable risk. But that keeps moving them forward versus butting heads. What kind of, and and then you have to, on top of those numbers that you put, you put some of those justifications. So especially in today's day and age, especially in terms of digital, if you were to take those specific elements of that uh, presentation of a funding model or a funding plan, what would those look like? We can go a little geek there in the sense, talk about specifics so that our listeners can learn what you may have used and what's that nuance learning you got, what works and what doesn't work. Um, it's... Well, to, to, let me let me start by saying, you know, to, to get to get the best outcome um, from funding, um, there's sort of like five things. And I'm going to get to your question. To get, to get the right outcome, you know, have your north stars. You need a direction. That 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 is the only way you're going to get great investment decisions is to be part of something that's taking the business somewhere. You need to be able to object to, uh, objectively prioritize. If you still have, you can't transform your business in, in a confederation of fiefdoms. You, you, you have to be able to objectively prioritize. And that means, you, you know, the budget side of things has to allow that. Um, so, you know, you're always working on what's most important. You need to gauge your investment as a percentage of value. And that's hard to do, but it's the only way you're going to make the right level as a company of investment in technology, because the level you were making prior the digital revolution isn't what you need to be making to go forward. You look at your competition born in the cloud, the hugest chunk of their OPEX is all technology. Um, you need to put funding in the accounts of the decision makers because this will allow you to spend money very easily and quickly. So make sure people are accountable for the spend and then be agile. I say this is one of the hardest things. Maybe we're very good at that in technology. The business needs to be agile, not have pet projects, not get emotionally attached to things. 
They need to know that what the, the North Star is a direction. It's not a destination. Um, and you use it to navigate your digital sort of journey towards something. And so with those five things, you, you come to the funding side of things. And I think, you know, um, if you know, what, what, what parameters and benchmarks, um, you know, I, I would say if, if you're going to make the right priority investment call, then then I've said the funding needs to be centralized and the CIO needs to have the rank and mandate to drive that prioritization with their peers. Um, and and that's, that's, that, that would be the, one of the things I'd say is that if the IT voice of technology or the loudest voice of technology in your organization doesn't have the sponsorship of the CFO and the CEO to drive conversations that lean into other parts of the business because you're doing this for the good of your company and you're going to transform as one, then you're not going to, you're not going to see value and you're not going to realize the savings you want. The second thing is, again, I'm, I'm sort of repeating myself on some of this stuff about the, the, the technology um, investment needs to be expressed as, the, as a percentage of the value it will create. Um, and, you know, and, and the other thing is you, they need to make room in this invest, for, for this investment. One of the things I often find is the technology investment is perceived as additional and, and what we need to do is have an awkward conversation about what are we going to stop doing? And that's one that I don't see happen too often. But when have you, when have you had a, been called to a strategic conversation to talk about the things we're going to stop doing at the very top table? Um, it's not as often as let's have a talk about where we're going. But really, you know, this, this, this should be a question about this has to be analog stuff that just isn't part of the strategic vision or direction that you should stop doing. And we tend to not stop doing that. And we tend to let that linger on. And then the challenge is always how can we find room or time or budget for this other thing? And, and that's something that I think is, is super important is to make sure the conversation has a what are we going to stop doing? Um, and then, you know, the, the value created um, has to have some sort of organizational uh, human benchmark because one of the things I've also seen in my experience is these aggressive, you know, technology drives change at a pace that isn't naturally nice for humans. Um, and it's very well, it's all very well and good driving for big strategic value, you know, changes and this, and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But the, but the individuals who work and are doing the work don't quite change at that pace. And so one of the measures of you should be measuring as a success or a return on investment, given the fact that you spend an awful lot of money on people, is uh, is your organization, you know, healthy and keeping up with the change? Or do you need to do things to make sure it, 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 um, it can you know, one of the things I, I often see is there's always a great organize, there's always a great business strategy, but is there an organizational strategy strategy to support it? Um, and the last point, and then I will shut up, is that you know, innovation. Um, make sure technology is where innovation happens. So IT, you need to be where innovation's happening because you need innovation to all orbit around the same center of gravity. Otherwise, you're going to waste a lot of money spilling up proof of concepts that gain too much momentum. The business then wants that to be done, and then you start to have a funding conflict. You need to be part of that innovation engine that needs to come into the same conversation where you prioritize innovation with super strategic stuff and have a portfolio that sort of moves that stuff around to be able to do the most important stuff. So if, if you were to think about the newer ways of going about it and uh, in the sense like to, to capitalize on the digital investments, Something which is coming now, but then you also have to make room for anything new that comes up. Yes. Do you, do you keep some play money or do you 
always keep going back after every couple of months of something new has come and the, you expect CFO to relent? No, I, it's a great question. And I, I don't think, so, so number one, I, I never keep any play money. Um, and, and the reason for that is I need, I need everybody to get into the mindset of, you know, A, we should be thinking about capability or capacity. That, that's, the way I, that's the way I've always, I'm seeing the successful companies run this. It's, it's all about capacity and prioritizing that capacity on the most important thing. Now, um, and we should be good at reprioritizing every two, you know, every two weeks of sprint finishes, they've got another backlog that's been reprioritized by a business product owner to reflect what is most important then. So we all have to get into this, hey, guess what? We're going to reevaluate, reevaluate. So I don't have pockets of money that I ring fence. Now that said, the portfolio needs to be cognizant of the fact you need to be able to innovate. You know, in my mind, there's four parts to a traditional portfolio that we that I've seen work. One is you've got your core stuff that has to be done, the operational stuff, and you've got so much money put aside for that, and you're trying to optimize that with all the infrastructure as code and everything you can, and that's where cloud platform sort of knocks that one out of the out the park. You then have a strategic quadrant, which is the initiatives that you've aligned to move your business forward. In there is the digital investment because you've injected that upfront by being very sort of like, as I said, you know, tech forward in a sense that technology informed what the business strategy was going to be. So those strategic initiatives, they're all funded and you can do as many as you have, have money. Then you do have room for innovation, but quite often the budget for innovation doesn't always sit with IT. It sits, you know, innovation happens at the edge. And, and rather than have to come to IT and get some money for this or that, we sort of encourage it, but we will, we will partner with you um, to make sure it's sort of like coordinated. It's sort of like organized chaos as opposed to just chaos. And then once that proof, because we want the business to experiment, one of the biggest values of doing this digital experiment is the business can try stuff and it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg. Um, so then that innovation happens. We're with them as a technology partner. When it has in, it's gathered enough sort of gravitas, it comes back into the portfolio and then gets deemed whether we do it or not. Um, I don't have this pot of money that I reserve because you know what, if at the end of the day, the most important thing is to deliver a strategic platform for the next six months, I'm doing that. It's what's most important. Um, and, and that's the concept that we, we try and get. So I, I, I do squeeze everything in and I have a sort of portfolio head on. But the, the, the sort of meta point is you should be going flat out spending every dollar on what is the most important thing. And if you've got that muscle, it's it's great if you don't have that muscle and you don't have a north star to help you to tell you what's important it's chaos um and that's why we spent so much time getting that clarity and that muscle built so that we don't have to keep stopping we just keep going keep going at speed if you had to give your uh advice to the people out there cios first or maybe like the people who are in technology who are looking to have the it funding model designed and maybe an appeal to the business leaders to say, folks, help us help you. What would that advice look like? I mean, you, you, you almost went on a soapbox expressing your concerns about things. And what you were also excited about certain things. But if you had to summarize and you had to give some actionable takeaways to both sides, which is the business side and the IT side, given your experience and multiple companies, what would that be? 
I'll keep this one short. So for the CEO of the organization and the very top table of the organization, the, the advice would be create the urgency, create the burning platform, create the urgency and, and look at cloud or, or, or have a, an opinion of digital as a massive business strategic opportunity, not a technology platform. That would be my ask of them. And there's ways and means of doing that. To the CIO, I would say you're no longer a great order taker. You now need to be a, you know, a, a transformational driver. And the one thing that's driving the biggest change is technology. And you are that technology lead. So, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of time to, time to sort of like swallow hard and get up there um, and get in the room and start to play the lead dog um, in sort of pulling the sled of digital transformation because you need to inform decisions, uh, you need to inform ideas um, and not just execute decisions. And to do that, you need your CFO and your CEO's mandate. But that's the CIO. It's time to step up and get out. Any CIO who says they're business-led is out of date. You need to be leading the business with them. Um, and for IT people, technologists, I'd say it, it's time for you all to have a point of view, a point of view on technology and a point of view on how it can enable because there's no room now for people who are just there to do executing things. You are the sort of change agents who are now helping your peers in the business understand the potential of this stuff. And every one of you needs to have a point of view, ideally a similar one, because that does help, but a point of view on how technology is going to enable their business because the, the, the distance between IT and business is now gone. You are one and you are very close, even if you're in the engineering world. So you need, you need to sort of step up a bit. That, that's the advice I would give. So if you were to fix yourself in some way so you could get better funding for IT where the funding to be put in and, and you get your CFO and your management to not dance to your tunes, but to agree to you and, and let you do your thing. Well, what is that one thing you will fix in yourself? The one thing I'll fix is, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's, I wish I, if I had a magic, let me answer it better than that. If I, if I had a magic wand, the thing I would do is I, I would get better at getting access to the leaders of organizations to help them understand the, you know, the potential of, not just the urgency, the necessity and the potential of them taking digital as a core strategy as opposed to just an enabling technology. And, and that the, I improved myself by being more articulate at doing that, being more forceful at doing that and helping them, expl- helping them get there faster. Um, you know, it's, it's a hard job for a CIO or a technologist to sort of go into the business and say, you know, you're not exactly saying your child's ugly, but you're saying, you know what, you know, the way you've been doing this in the past isn't going to be the way we're going to grow in the future. And, and you're, you're up against big egos, big, very successful people, people who've done things right forever and are making shed loads of money. Um, but you, you've, got to, you've got to do that. Otherwise, they won't be in five years from now. And so that, if I can improve myself, it'd be, you know, that would be the area I would get better at. And I would encourage any technology leader out there, that, that's the value you're going to bring um, because you've got to steer the ship in the right direction um, as much as make the engine run faster. Once again, thank you so much, Robert, for sharing your thoughts about funding IT when digital is the default. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.
And listeners, hope you enjoyed. I love the passion in Robert's voice. I know he meant every word what he said. So hope you enjoyed it. Got some nuggets that you can apply in your respective organizations. Get the funding you want and move digital in the way it deserves. Please connect with us on social media. Follow us on different podcasts. Download it. Enjoy the learning. Once again, thank you for listening to CTF. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.